actually have a date that you're going to start. Put things down on paper. Don't just say, I want to start, I want to do this. Actually have a date and set goals. And also don't get emotional when it comes to property. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we have two guests. We have Ambrose and Chidi Ozier. How are you both doing today? We're doing great, considering COVID, but we're good. <laughs> thank you for having us here. We are doing well. Yes. That's good to hear, and thank you for joining me as well. A little bit about their background. So Ambrose recently left her education job and is now focusing full-time on real estate as an agent and as an investor. Chidi, her husband, is an artist and an investor part-time. They have six years of real estate experience with five rental properties. They are based in Brooklyn, New York, and their website is amaprops.com, A-M-A-P-R-O-P-S.com. So starting with 
Ambrose, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Yes. So I was born in Ghana, but my family moved to the U.S. when I was very young to Philadelphia. So that's where I grew up. I followed the advice that most parents teach their children, go to school, get good grades, become an employee. So I went to Penn State, Nittany Lions. Hey. And after that, I worked in a nonprofit world. Then eventually we moved to New York for me to go to grad school at NYU. And in Philly, that's where I met Chitty, my husband, who had just recently moved to the U.S. from London. I always knew that I didn't want to work 30 or 40 years forever as an employee, but really didn't know what I wanted to get into until we decided we didn't want to pay the high rents of New York anymore. So we started saving as much as we could to have a down payment to buy a house. But this was even before we learned what real estate investment was. We just wanted to buy a house to live in. Yeah, and my similar story, just in the opposite side of the pond in England. Um, I was born and raised in London, and I grew up, same similar thing, go to school, get good grades, get a 9-to-5 job, work, retire, and then die. That's kind of the thing. But I saw my parents, they were entrepreneurs, they had their own business. So I always knew there was a difference between having a business and having a regular job. So eventually I did want to have it, start a business, but I didn't know what that was going to be. So I got the opportunity to emigrate to the United States in 2008 during the height of the credit crunch and the recession, which is a great time to emigrate anywhere. And I met Ambrose in Philadelphia the year after I emigrated. And we decided to move to New York like two years later and kind of fell into real estate accidentally for the want of not wanting to pay high broken rents anymore. So that's kind of the background, our background. Perfect. So it was the first piece of real estate you bought your personal house in New York? Yes. Our first property was also an investment. So Okay. Maybe walk us through that then. Yeah. So around 2013, we decided that we had saved enough where we could buy a property, but we actually didn't really know all the different ways we could go about it. And again, this is New York, so the price point is quite high. So we talked to different mortgage brokers and we decided that we were going to be able to buy a property with FHA. It took us about nine months from when we decided to actually go into finding the first property. We were coming from work every night, going to see properties every weekend, going to open houses. Getting out bids a lot. Yes. So we were newbies. We didn't even know how things worked. And we will emotionally invest in a property, then we will get outbid with a cash buyer. So it took us a while. But because it took us so long, we learned exactly what we needed to buy. Our main goal was to buy a property that had a lot of rooms and square footage because we knew we wanted to rent some of the units. So once we found our first property, we knew that that was the property because it was large. It was three floors, two units, and a lower level floor. We found it off market, actually, through an agent that we had gone to. And he told us he was a wholesaler, but also an agent. So he told us he had just sold this property to a flipper. So if we wanted to meet the flipper before he fixed the house. So he set up a time, we met in the office and we negotiated the price. So by the time we went into contract to closing, it took about eight months because that's how long it took him to renovate the house. It was a large house. So yeah, we learned from that. 
And because we knew the seller before he renovated, we had a lot of input in terms of what we wanted inside the unit. So we were able to pick our cabinets, our countertops, the type of floors we wanted. And just to add to that, it's a three-family house and there's two larger units and one smaller unit. We decided to live in a smaller unit because like Amber said, we've been saving since we met to purchase the property. And that frugality carried us through to want to live in a smaller unit and rent the other two out. And by doing that, we kind of fell into what's called as house hacking without knowing what it meant, house hacking. And getting our first two rent checks, we were like, wow, this is like magic. You basically just sit and get rent checks. And this was before any maintenance. We didn't have any roof leaks or any things with maintenance yet. So we were just getting rent checks and we were able to save our W-2 income, all of it in the bank. That feeling of being able to save 100% of your money is an amazing feeling when you have a W-2 job. Mm-hmm. So that kind of changed the game for us. And that made us understand that real estate is something that we wanted to pursue full on. Sure. So you had this deal, the house hack deal. What was your next deal? So our next deal, again, we were constantly saving. After we bought the first one in about a year, the house had appreciated enough where we could take out the equity. So again, we talked to a mortgage person who did the math and he told us how much we could pull out. So he had appreciated about 30 to 40%. Actually about 50 or 60%. Because what happened was, again, Amber said we were looking for nine months. We actually got word that a certain part of Brooklyn was being rezoned and it hadn't been announced yet. So we bought in that area before the mayor rezoned the area for more development. So that made the prices of all the properties go up the year after we bought it a lot. So we were able to capitalize on that. How did you come across this information? A lot of research and just by talking to a lot of people. So going to the open houses, reading constantly every morning, reading the news about the real estate market and the different areas of Brooklyn. So we knew about the rezoning before the seller didn't know that it was going to be rezoned. And he found out after we were already in contract and he tried to get out of the contract, but he couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. And also the area that we're in is an area called East New York. And it's the last transit hub left in the city where all the trains kind of meet. So it was kind of inevitable that eventually it was going to get rezoned for high scale developments because in New York, I don't think many people know, it takes them two lifetimes to build a subway line here. So it's very transit rich. It's like 20 minutes from LaGuardia and JFK it was a no-brainer that it was going to get rezoned eventually. It was an outlying area in New York. Sure. Do you want to tell me exactly how you found this out? Did an article get released one morning and you're like, oh, well, this is amazing. Or did someone talk about it at an open house? How did you come across the information specifically? So while we were looking, we were able to connect with our local council member. And we weren't like friends, but we became like acquaintances with Mm -hmm. him. So he also told us that they were considering rezoning the area. So we got that info from him. But the local media, they were also covering it. But it was not like a short thing because the city still had to vote on it. So it was something that the city was considering. There were some media coverage, but it wasn't as known until much later. So like like Amber said, but having that information really made us look more aggressively at that area and be determined to find something that was undervalued in the area because we kind of knew that within 12 to 18 months, the appreciation would be enough where we could pull money out and and purchase the next one. So that's what we did. All right. So you pulled the money out of that property. 
to buy your second deal. So what was your second deal? Same thing. How'd you find it? What was the business plan? Things like that. The second deal, it was listed on the MLS. So it was listed on all the different websites, Realtor, Zillow. So we found it. We contacted the agent. We went to see it. It's two family. There was one tenant and they tried to sell it to us with the tenant and we insisted, no, we needed it vacant. So we were in contract about three, four months before the tenant moved out. Then after the tenant moved out, the contract price included the whole building being renovated. So we waited for the seller to renovate it, similar to what we did with our first house. So they renovated it and we closed. So when we closed, it was rent ready. Mm -hmm. We were able to rent it right away. And what is great about that property, it was really even more than the second one, the stepping stone. We got a tenant right away who paid two years up front of a New York City rent. So we had a large sum right away to be able to invest again to another property. So that property really helped us get to the next level. So so, so that property really helped us start off our investment fund that we now use to to buy, renovate, rent, repeat kind of thing. And like Ambrose said, that tenant paying all that rent up front really galvanized that. Not only that, we were still riding the wave of the appreciation. So even that property has greatly appreciated because it's actually Mm -hmm. bigger than our primary residence. So it's really appreciated a lot even since we bought it and everything else. So it's it's really been a great deal, that one. How did the renovations being included in the contract, how did that work? I think I've heard of that before. That's amazing, but let us know how that transpired. What happened was the person that sold us the second property, he disclosed to us that he needed the money to buy a building. So I think he had a portfolio. He was selling off two or three with other buildings and he was stuck between a rock and a hard place because he had renovated the top unit with a view to selling the building and then the third floor tenant didn't want to move. So he then tried to sell it with her in it. So he was kind of stuck and needed to sell it. So he disclosed that to us, but I don't know why he did that, but he did. And we used that as leverage to leverage himself, okay, we'll meet you at your price, but you have to renovate that unit too and get the tenant out within a certain time frame. So he did all that and we kind of leveraged him to do what we wanted, which is very rare in New York. So you kind of just said that I want you to renovate the bottom unit the exact same as the top unit. So how do you come up with the purchase price then? Because obviously, since he's investing more money into that unit was just the original purchase price plus whatever he told you the costs were? Did you get receipts for this? Or did you just kind of say, hey, we'll give you 10 grand extra? How did that work when it came to the contract price? First, we made the offer. It was lower than what he wanted. So we went back and forth between him and his agent. And we decided that, okay, we can go up close to the number that you want, but then it needs to be delivered vacant and it needs to be renovated. So he agreed to it and we had a great lawyer and she put it in the contract that it was going to be delivered vacant. It was going to be renovated to the standard of the top floor. So we agreed to it that way. And to be honest, even with him, he tried to get out of it too. It seems there was some miscommunication between him and his attorney when he tried to get out of it and realized that he couldn't. Mm. So it was all in the contract. He agreed to it. But like Chidi had stated, he also needed us to close as soon as possible because he needed the money to buy a larger property. And if you have someone who's ready to go with 25% down in New York City, and even if you're able to get out of the contract, 
it may take you a few more months before you can sell it to get maybe $2,000 more. So for him, it was also worth it for him to stay with us and yeah. close so that he can move on to the bigger thing that he was looking to do. Yeah, and with that deal, I believe also even at closing, because we had an inspection report a week before the closing. We surprised him. We had a very good real estate attorney. She put in there subject to inspection a week before. So we got our, our guy to come in there and inspect it. And then we found a hole in the roof. We found there were debris. And there were, so we got about eight grand at closing off the contract price, which was great. So it's really a sweet deal, that one. Yeah, those are two very interesting, unique deals, especially for your first two. All right, starting with Ambrose again, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say just get started because even with us, you can read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, go on YouTube. You can learn, you can study as much as you want, but it's the first step. Just get started because once you start, that's part of the education. You cannot know everything before you start. Starting is part of the education process. Yeah, and I would say just the I would say I would echo that, but I would also say actually have a date you're going to start. Put things down on paper. Don't just say I want to start. I want to do this. Actually have a date and set goals. And also don't get emotional when it comes to property. Because our first house that we want to see the cabinets, we want to granite this, we want this color, this kind of paint on the front of the house. If you're going to house hack. It doesn't really matter as long as on paper, your tenant's paying your mortgage and you make a little bit of money on top. It doesn't matter if the house is bright green and it has pink strips around it. It doesn't really matter. All that matters is that the house is cash flowing. And at the end of the month, you walk away with some money in your pocket and yet you haven't got to pay your mortgage out of your own W2 income. That's all that matters. All right. Are you both ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you serious about taking the first step in the gateway to financial freedom? Then join Jake and Gino on a four-week course that will teach you how to become a multifamily real estate investor. Go to jakeandgino.com. That's J-A-K-E-A-N-D-G-I-N-O.com. Okay, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I would say for me, not recently, but I go back to it time to time, is the classic Richest Man in Babylon. And I like that book because... A lot of the lessons and principles are now in some of the books, even Rich Dad, Poor Dad. A lot of the lessons such as paying yourself first, those are all lessons that are in that book. So I love that book. You can read it in one sitting and there are a lot of lessons and even a five-year-old can read and understand it. And I would say it would be Think and Grow Rich because I think Think and Grow Rich, even though it was written in the 1900s, I think that the lessons it teaches are ubiquitous amongst everything in terms of business and how to really retrain your mind to approach business and finances in a different way. It talks in that book a lot about having a mastermind team and how the mastermind really is important. I think that having a mastermind is something that people try and do or think about subconsciously, but don't actually implement in their actual daily or weekly lives. So I think Think and Grow Rich is a great book in terms of changing your, your perspective when it comes to money in general. What is the best ever way you like to give back? 
So like you mentioned in the intro, I'm now a licensed agent in New York. So I work with mostly investors who are looking because I always find great ways of making deals work. Other than our first property, the next four, they were all listed on the market. It depends on your negotiation skills and the price point that you buy it at. Because a lot of people think all great deals has to come off market, but it's not true. We found all of our properties, which were great deals, all listed on the market. So it depends on how you negotiate and the price point that you buy. So I work with a lot of investors to help them find properties. And we've also started to kind of teach and coach people who want to get into the real estate game, especially for New York, because there's a lot that you need to learn. So we've been doing that. In addition, like I said, I was born in Ghana. So there's a school in a town called Kumase where Chidi and I, we help support, especially when it comes to like girls' education. And it's something that's been very fulfilling and being able to contribute to that part of the world. And especially when it comes to education and girls. Exactly what she said. <laughs> that's the way we give back. We have started coaching and also we love schools back home. Perfect. And then last question is, what is the best ever place to reach you? You can reach out to us at amaprops.com. That's A-M-A-P-R-O-P-S.com. People can also reach out to me directly, 347-471-1804. I'm always ready to chat and help other people who are interested in real estate, especially for New York market. And if they have any questions, they can always reach out to me. And, and if you want to email us directly, you can go to info at amaprops.com. That's our email address on our website there, okay. info, or fill out the contact form on the website. Well, thank you both for joining us today and walking us through your first two deals. Very unique. The takeaways that I got was your first deal was patience. You guys waited a long time to make sure you found the right property and you waited long enough since you had the information, the education to know what the right property even was. Another lesson, a great way to get started is house hacking. And if you're going to house hack, consider living in the unit that will generate the least amount of rent so that you make the most money. And then also that you were able to buy this deal from a flipper before he actually did the flipping aspect of it. So you let it input into the renovations. And then your second deal was also very interesting. And so it teaches us the lesson on constantly staying up to date on the market we're investing in, consistently networking with the big players, the decision makers in that market, because you might come across a piece of information that can help make a deal work or a lot better. And so I guess that was technically the first deal, but you said also the second deal as well about the rezoning and then also leveraging information that the seller gives you if they are motivated to make the deal even better for you. And so for this example, the owner needed to sell and use that as leverage to get the property not only vacant, but also completely renovated and vacant. And that you also added in a contingency that the contract was subject to an inspection a week before, which allowed you to make the deal even better because you got that 8K credit at closing. So again, two super unique deals. I really appreciate you guys sharing that with me and the best of your listeners. So thank you both for joining us again. Best of your listeners as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.